and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. And we have no reason to be biased. I am your host, <laughs> Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the podcast twitter account that is at h-e-f-pod you can follow us on instagram that is hey i'm trek frankfurt on the gram give us a a good message or one that critiques us you can do that via emailing us that is hey i'm trek frankfurt at gmail.com you can find us on facebook that's facebook.com slash h-e-f-pod and uh soon to be a patreon page that's going to be up in just a little bit one of our uh, panelists will be able to talk a little bit more about what is to come from our patreon section as we'll also have at uh, www.hefpod.com fully up and running right now it's a wonderful place that you can find where fellow Eintracht fans are able to watch the match you'll have the latest links to the latest episodes of the podcast and uh, soon to be some very good written content but before we go into too much conversation about what that is and everything else it's time to welcome the panel before we talk about the match that was Eintracht versus Rangers Let's go to our producer extraordinaire, the man who uh, helped me out when I uh, started up this podcast way, way, way back when. It is Nathan in St. Louis. Hey, bud. How's the voice? <laughs> Overused. A uh, little rough. How are you doing? You know, I'm buzzing. It doesn't happen to hurt the fact that our hockey teams are also take- <laughs> going at it at <laughs> this very moment in time. But you know what? I could not be happier. Well... Uh, I'll I'll ask me again if uh how happy I am on September the second uh, boys uh, for an event that some of the guys on the podcast are obviously already know about. Let's go <laughs> to the man who should be just as horses, Nathan. It is Chris in Detroit. How was DC, buddy? Oh, I'm fresh off the plane. I got back about fifteen minutes ago. Actually, walked into my house so. It's a remarkable, remarkable day. Something happened. Yeah. Uh, my memory loss is kicking in, but I'm sure you guys will remind me what happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll remind you in just a little jiffy. And we're continuing to march around the entire podcast team. It is the man who runs the gram, the man of the Big Apple. Matt, how is New York City? And how are you? Are we even... Are we even sure that we're in New York City? Are we sure we're in St. Louis? Are we sure we're in Detroit? Are we sure we're not still dreaming, fellas? Like I am I think I'm on cloud nine. I am not on New York City. That's a great question. That is a good one. I'm pretty sure someone could offer to hit me with a wiffle ball bat like somewhere that would hurt, but I prefer <laughs> that not to happen. Uh, and I would tell myself, nope, it it was real. It was real. And uh I I had the bum leg uh, walking around today to prove it. Anywho's, <laughs> and back uh, after a long hiatus, I would put it more as a teaching. Now on his teaching sabbatical, it is the man down in the swamps of Texas, Brian in Houston. How goes it? Oh, it's going pretty good today, guys. How are y'all? Oh, buzzing. I, uh, wow, so good. Just been <laughs> like walking around singing. Europa's best of Mannschaft like all day long like I can't stop 
Like every time I, that's how I lost my voice. Every time I stop, like <laughs> to do something, like I just start singing that song. Like today is just crazy. It's. I think yesterday was the best day of my life, and it's pretty ironic because it was literally a day after, like a day after four year anniversary of us winning the DFB Pokal, and it's <sighs> unbelievable. And fun fact, fellas, when we won the DFB Pokal, I graduated college. When we won Europa, my sister graduated college. Fun fact: I have another younger sister who graduates college in two to three in two years. So uh, get ready; show does not yes. stop. Yes, that's that's eerily uh, crazy. That's all I can say. That's it's, the, it's, the, it's the it's the Wagner magic, I guess. Uh, that's well, the, uh, keep it up. I guess the next question would be: How do you keep it up? And don't feel like you need to do anything crazy. <laughs> Too crazy. Well, I mean, I guess I got to start reproducing against an Elementary school graduations, middle school graduations, high school graduations. Those all count. I mean, tell us, if we're looking at it here theoretically here, that's a championship every four years. I mean, that is doable. Every four years, we need, we need faster work than that. <laughs> true true <laughs> i'll make sure it's like we'll have a one-year break i'll just pop out like three kids <laughs> but um i mean it it's crazy 10 years ago like you know but we literally got promoted into the bundesliga and you were literally Gosh. to tell me that you know we weren't gonna have one but two trophies in our fucking cabinet in that 10 year time span I would have probably you know, probably sent you to a crazy people home or something like that <laughs> you probably and would have thought even... that uh, it would that we had gotten relegated twice over and become as uh, vital league champions twice over that'd be the only way that you would yeah. think that we would have that many trophies agreed agreed and maybe some of that like indoor tournament that used to happen in the winter pause maybe something through that <laughs> uh, but I would have sent you right here over to Randall's Island the crazy people home in here in New York City but What's even crazier about it that there is one player that has experienced both of those, you know, things in terms of promotion and winning a Europa League, and that's Sebastian Roda. You know, yeah. he's gone through the worst times with us, but with us when we were in the Schweizer Liga, and then you know now he's experienced us, you know, winning the Europa Europa Cup. Obviously, at his time in Bayern and Dortmund, you know, you know, he had some trophies there. But you know, I think him experiencing that now, after especially being that tenured of a Frankfurt player, is unbelievable. And I mean, maybe this is start to begin. The question is, you know, do we erect a statue for him? Because I, the first five minutes already proved how much of a warrior he is. No you kidding. Know? I mean, I think, I think, I think the man deserves a statue. You're not wrong in that in uh, that kind of thing, thought process. Um, he's a guy who, like you said, came to us when we were down in the dumps. He went through. He was brought in during uh, the Skippy uh, regime, actually. Uh, so he was a part of the 10-11 team. Let's try and forget that squad. Just saying. Uh, then, uh, yeah, marched his way uh, right through the heart of the Zweite Liga was part of the team that got us back to the promised land and uh, short of a state that it was before he started moving on to places like Bayern and Dortmund where he did win trophies. But you know what? Ask him in 10 years time, what was more important to him? And he will say, 
what are these Bundesliga and Depe Pokals? Those don't count. Those don't matter. Unless you win it with Eintracht. You know what? He is a Hessian boy, born and raised. And, uh, yeah, I can't think of uh, anyone else that I would rather have wearing the captain's armband uh, who's not a Makoto Asebe. Those are just facts that I had to present right there, boys. <laughs> so let's get to it. Rolda. Awesome. <sighs> Ouch. Oh, that, that was the was ugly, a lot of blood. Not gonna lie, we I had well, I had finished my first drink, and I thought it's that was. Uh, I, I thought that was. I was just like, "Are you effing kidding me?" And I will. I will say it right here, right now. That normally gives you a red card in any league match, any cup match that isn't you know a final apparently being refereed by someone from, yeah. you know, the fo- a former communist country, or I think they were communists. Uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but no referee is, is ever going to throw a red card in the first five minutes of a final. That was so... I don't so, care who you are. Like, that I don't, that do you, was the 2010 World Cup final bad, and everyone knows uh, who I'm referencing in that one. How do you not even throw a yellow, how do you though? review like, it? Right. He, he didn't no call card. anything. No card. Yeah, no card, no anything there. That is absolute bullshit no. because that's clearly, you know, obviously it's no intent. He's not looking at Roda the whole time, but right. he's putting his foot up. Still his careless. Feet, his studs are showing. That's dangerous play flat out. I have I have to ask the referees in the room. Mm. Um, <clears throat> when they do the review, is the VAR authorized to look at yellow or is it strictly – I thought someone mentioned at our watch party in D.C. that – the VAR can only be used in a red card scenario mm-hmm. because the yellow is far more subjective. Correct. Yeah, huh. so, technically, yes. Which is why when I so saw him had keep me the card in Honestly, his pocket, can- I knew for a fact that he's nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And yet I knew for a fact that if it happened again, uh, players getting sent off. But as we went on to figure, figure out, uh, this was um, – this was a match that the referee would keep his cards in his pocket because there were more than a handful of times that it happened on both teams that cards should have been issued. And when they did get issued, I just scratched my head and was like, you're giving it for that? It's the final. <laughs> Blew my mind. Blew my yeah. mind. And I look, I don't, uh, I don't exactly refereed at the highest of levels, but good grief. It's not that hard to read the flipping rules and... At the end of the day, the very first card was not until like right before Bore's uh, equalizer. That's how far we got into the match, and it was pretty ugly uh, from a physicality standpoint in those first 45 minutes. I did appreciate that they gave the players the opportunity to play an open game. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of physical play, but you didn't have anyone who had to be either subbed off or you know taken out of their usual uh, run a play because of that. And so many times you see a, a final get over officiated. I thought this one was pretty fair. Yeah, I agree. I definitely, that, that definitely felt like a lot of times where there's some like kind of 50, 50, uh, fouls that, you know, kind of were against us where, you know, I thought it was soft, but you know, a couple minutes later, the exact same thing happened vice right. versa against us. And, you know, he was, you know, the referee was making uh, fairly, you know, fair decisions. So I thought the officiating was on point, really. I, you know, no complaints in that department. Yeah, outside Which of the beginning. Which is rare to say in this podcast. 
<laughs> oh goodness me. So yeah, Rhoda got his skull practically cracked open. Got bandaged up. He he uh just looked like a flipping warrior because he did not hold back throughout the rest of uh the ma- th- throughout the rest of the ninety minutes that he played because he did get subbed off uh uh substituted for Yakik. Uh, but for me, the this is gonna go down as one of those historic moments in Eintracht's history, and they're just gonna look to that bloody bandage that he that they had to strap onto his head, and this is gonna go down along with you know, uh, Bruder Schlang de Ballang in terms of historic <laughs> yeah. Eintracht moments in finals. And uh, yeah. put that bandage in the because I wasn't, uh, I technically wasn't a fan at the time that the Depe Pokal lost to Munich happened. And well, I don't think anyone was cheering for the team in 1988. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah, it was iconic, <laughs> just, just bloody. I mean, as hell. you deserve a statue, simple as that. Rhoda deserves a statue. The statue this with the bandage on his head. Uh, put the actual one in the museum so it's not damaged by the weather. <laughs> but right outside the museum, the statue with a big bandage and you know maybe some like LED glow in the dark kind of <laughs> stitches would be cool. And like he's got to have a bloody yeah, shirt. Like there needs to be a huge blood stain on the back of the shirt. That shirt has got to be right. the one that is in the Eintracht Museum. Exactly. That's the one that uh, oh, needs yeah. to be put on. And, For sure. Uh, yeah, uh, of any of the players there, and I guess we can move on into the, look the first half. It was a kind of a back and forth uh, sort of atmosphere. Everyone had talked about how uh, Eintracht uh, goes on the counter, how Rangers loves to go on the counter, how this was just going to be rough and tumble fight. Uh, I was on one or two podcasts, and all I heard was, oh, we have the strength to be able to fight. I'm like, oh, it was there. It was on display. The question just was, okay, are we going to have the gas in the tank to, at any one time, kind of push through? Because extreme heat was a part of it. Uh, I think I saw that it was 31 degrees centigrade at the time of kickoff, which is like, what, 90, close to 90 a little bit above 90 degrees Fahrenheit for us kind of calculating that in their heads. I mean, woof. Uh, and it was being played at pra- like, I mean, the sun was practically down at the time that a uh, kickoff went down. Mm-hmm. And yet those guys just it's looked humidity. And, 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 it's and, humidity. It's a city that they call it the, Andalusia is called the frying pan of Spain. The frying pan <laughs> of Europe. I mean, eesh. I felt. I well, felt maybe like, next time they should put the final in a bigger stadium in a cooler spot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's that's none of our business. <laughs> I'm just going to drink my tea with my pinky sipping up here. <laughs> no, no, that first, but that first half was nuts. I mean, Roda, besides you know being fouled, you know he was a warrior. I mean, I didn't hear uh, Kamara Lundstrom's name at all during the whole first half. I, it it seemed like uh, you know Roda was sitting back there by himself, and Jim Brissett was more on the offensive side of things, which I loved. Um, not to put you in the spotlight here, Brian, mm-hmm. but Kamada Island did not look too hot. I mean, <laughs> first half goof. You mean, yeah, dude. Uh, Which he has two feet, right? Yeah. He has a left foot. Look, I said, so. I said I was on. I am a resident of Kamada Island. I had thought we had gotten away from Kamada Island that had become Kamada Isthmus. 
and eventually it will become <laughs> Kamada Peninsula. Uh, well, maybe you forgot the stamp on the letter. I don't know. What to tell you. The climate is always changing, Brian. This yeah. is a island that has many different variables in play. But while he did struggle at times, I thought the team as a whole just opened up really well in that first half, even despite the injury, which could have taken anybody out of rhythm from either side. I thought our guys really held it together, and there was some back and forth. Rangers had some good looks too, but it was nice to see our guys not get rattled by that moment. Knauf had an opportunity as well that yeah, was did. fairly close where he decided on the inside right. of the post. But he made that decision before he swung his leg, so there's nothing he can do on that side of things. Because when he made, when he decided to do that, you could tell in his eyes the, the far post was blocked. But that's soccer. Don't for you. don't forget that uh, that like half volley that Kostic hit from the right side too that went on top of the goal that was just an absolute blast. Oh right! Like we had we mm-hmm. actually if if you look at the game like we had eleven shots in the first. 20 minutes of the game like we were we were killing them on the counter we just weren't capitalizing on it but they absolutely they no. absolutely couldn't stop us going forward they, yeah i mean I, I think that's where we struggled was we, we took a lot of shots we just couldn't hit the target yeah. i mean you had kamada that he he fumbled it but then sal so picked it up and like drilled one to the far corner that you know, McGregor put himself back in good position to save it, but like we had chances. Now I've had a couple of good chances. Lindstrom had one, you know, and then that one that Lindstrom hit into the ground and popped up, and and Dicka like managed to just get his head on it and barely missed the post. Like we had chances to score, and we had a lot of them. No, you have a good point because, like, in the set, because Kevin Trapp didn't get busy until the second half. And, you yeah. know, when it came to the halftime stats, like, it showed, like, they showed the stats that Rangers had 57% possession. I was like, really? Yeah. Like, they looked dominant on the possession side of things. Like, it didn't seem like it at all. I mean, um, they did look like big boys on the, you know, on the physical side of things. But, like, in terms of possession, I, did, that, I didn't see that. Well, Let's look at the kind of statistics, shall we? Uh, Eintracht just, you know, when it when it did come down to the entire match, Rangers eventually started dominating, uh, like time of possession. But really, that first half, everything was there for the Eintracht uh, to just like take everything from the match. It just uh, goals didn't happen until the second half, boys. And I think it is uh, time we open up the slip. <laughs> Tuta, rolling back, and uh, Aribo took advantage of the little man happening to, who had just celebrated signing a contract extension into uh, 2026. So, kudos for him. Yeah, great timing. But Tripping over that fat wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... We were good. we're doing goal, boys. We don't keep clean sheets. I mean, it was bound <laughs> to happen. It, I didn't think it was going to happen in that ugly way. I've got to say, though, it's better that it happened at that point early in the second half. If that had happened, you know, in the five to ten minutes before halftime, I don't know if we mentally would have recovered. The fact that it did happen after the break, but early enough that there was still plenty of time, we didn't have to panic right away. Um 
And without a fluke, like Tuta tripping over a dandelion, we yeah. you know might be looking at a totally different scoreline. Well, I mean, look, uh, he's it. Mistakes happen at his young age, and I know I'm a big fan of his. And you know what? The team rallied around that moment, but uh, just saying. If you were to tell me we finished the game with our. With Amane Torre, Makoto Hasebe, <laughs> and fucking Lentz as our as our center backs to finish the game. <laughs> like I said before, I'd have to send you to the fucking crazy home. Uh, I mean, look, how savage was it that immediately after, uh, like, once that goal went in, he, uh, you know, Glasner looked over and said, "All right, Captain, go out there." That was a little savage. I mean, I mean, I think Tuta won't think too much about it because we won, but I'm really glad that things went the way they did because if we were coming out of this having lost 1-0, Tuta would be absolutely crushed, and we, you'd have to have him be, being seen by multiple shrinks if we did not win this match. But he's also done far more good this season than a handful of mistakes you got to remember, he's still really young, too. So yeah. mistakes are going to happen here or there. But to have it happen on the global stage in a final, it's tough. But I personally, I would not hold that against him. He's the only reason our defense has been so strong this year. Yeah, he... Well, there was not no the perfect, only one, but there, a big one. There was no better perfect moment is when Bore scored, and he could when the camera was pointing at Glasnip, or you could tell Tuta was in the backyard, and he spread out like the starfish. He was the most relieved man in the world. In that moment. <laughs> and Tuta did some really good things in that game too. He just made a really, really bad mistake at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a twenty-one-year-old holding down the center defensive midfield. You know, like we had. A 24-year-old with Amani. We had a 21-year-old with Ndika. And then a 20-year-old with Tuta. Like, we had a young line back there. And we don't have to sell anybody now. (laughs) 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 That is a different conversation. We'll we'll get into that later. (laughs) (laughs) You just opened up a whole can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Well, we kept on saying that Phil Kostic was the most dynamic, the most important attacking weapon that the Eintracht has. And uh, guys, he finally got a cross in. Now, he had been, you know, work, doing a few mazy runs. Uh, his run from practically inline to inline was incredible. But it was his cross that found the toe of Rafael Santos Bure, and it was 1-1. I thought that I lost my voice immediately after (laughs) cheering that goal. I went absolutely nuts. So set the scenes. I'm at Kansas City Beer Company uh, watching with a couple couple of Eintracht fans and multiple Rangers fans, which, you know, I tolerated. Otherwise, you know, I don't really feel like picking a fight, to be honest, because then, you know, jail just sounds like a bad idea or being kicked out of your favorite bar, too. So, tolerated <laughs> what was there. How did each one of you guys celebrate? I will go to uh, Brian in Houston first. I uh, I jumped off the couch and I screamed so loud that my dog ran and hid in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that's probably the yet loudest I've ever yelled ever in my life. Like I like when he, when he. 
Costage let it rip. Like I was up off the couch because I saw Bore like make that darting run. And then when it mm-hmm. went in, like I was just like screaming, yes, like as loud as I could yell. And uh, <laughs> my dog literally hid in the shower for the rest of the game. <laughs> Poor dog. <laughs> that was not the Poor answer pup. that I was expecting at all. Uh, <laughs> let's go to either of the guys who are in D.C. because there are multiple guys who are watching with the uh, EFC uh, Washington, D.C. branch. Um Nathan, Chris, either of you guys can take away from this. Well, Chris, um, <laughs> you're probably more uh, you're probably more adept at uh, setting the stage and uh, painting a picture for everyone. Like, uh, right. it was a so it was a weird room. Like for the first half. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give it a shout out first. Uh, the beer garden, yeah, house for sure, in uh, east side of Washington D.C. on H Street. Fantastic setup there. The staff was awesome. Good drinks, good food. Um, check them out in DC. They got all the. They got really cool booths outside uh, with yeah. private televisions in them. Just a great spot. Really good setup. But no, the room it, it was kind of tough because there was a dozen or so Frankfurt fans, a handful of casuals that didn't have any affiliation, and uh, there's a great uh, picture on social media of us just kind of standing around. That was at halftime and like the room still had that tension of like, we're all strangers. You know, a few guys know each other, but it was kind of that awkward. We needed something to break the tension. Yeah. And after that moment, um, (laughs) I, Nathan, your back probably hurts. I think I jumped on top of you. Uh, I lost, I lost control. I've never moved that quick since like, my senior prom. I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> how quick we were moving around there, uh, hugging people, high fiving everybody. Yeah, uh, a couple of the kids that were there were like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> but um, I think just pandemonium was the best way to put it. And like Brian just said, you could see the buildup to what was coming, and that was a vintage Costage low cross in the one spot where only our guy could get it. Um, you, you don't have to be perfect every time. You just have to be perfect the one time. And that's what they mm-hmm. were. Yeah. It's just, uh, it felt like the, like the bottle uncorked and it, like all the tension left out of the room. And it just felt, I don't know. It was probably the whole, the whole of Eintracht fandom and the players on the pitch feeling that way too. Like, okay. You know, we, it was scoreless for the first half, the second, uh, and then, it, but, and so both sides had to feel like, okay, we're in this, but this is weird, you know, working, working this game out. And I just gave them the confidence to move on. And I feel, I felt like that's how we felt too. Like, okay, this is on this, this can happen. Indeed it could happen. Um, but wait, Matt, what about New York? What was going on at the Big Apple? What was going on at Jack Dempsey's? Since uh, let it be known, the head of uh, the NYC branch and uh, Big Tom was a uh, with a uh, was at the stadium. So, uh, what paint the scene in New York? Well, Jack Dempsey's definitely teleported to Frankfurt because it was a yeah. zoo. 
of Frankfurt fans. I mean, there was one Rangers fan literally sitting at the end of the bar, literally only one, and there was a couple Celtic fans. It was weird. They were, we were at the Celtic. We were at the Celtic part of uh, the Jack Dempsey's bar. Um, but it was hilarious. But before I get into that, uh, definitely shout out to Big Tom though for the the, um, the rounds of beer he got from across the pod for us. That was that that came out of nowhere. So definitely big shout out to him. Awesome. And then. Um, I mean, just Jack Dempsey's himself hosting us crazy Frankfurt fans up there because we were loud. I mean, we were chanting along with all the chants that were happening in the stadium itself. You know, I mean, there were I mean, not predominantly German people there than English people. So, you know, the chants were ongoing. Like I said, I, we, I felt like That's we were so transporting awesome. over to Frankfurt. Um, so obviously my voice is hoarse for a good reason. <laughs> um so, but when that, that goal happened, I mean, it was so funny because I was literally telling with the party I was with, it was just like, you know, Kostic hasn't really had the chance to cross the ball at all, like this game. Like, besides the corners, he hasn't had a chance to kind of run down the line and get in a tight cross. And then five minutes later, you know, he decided he, he was able to cross it right through, it's like Tavernier's leg, um, right into Boris' toe. But, boys, we got lucky because. I do not know what was going through Goodson's mind and letting that ball go through for a boy to be able to touch that because you got to clear that ball one way or the other. That ball's coming across the six-yard box. So either way, un- unbelievable touch by Bore, unbelievable run by Bore. Um, it was just, it was just perfect. But I mean, that I probably toe. spun in circles about a million times, and then um, uh, <laughs> I ran out of beer, oh. and so I was, you know, getting, I was getting the next round, and I, I was still shaking of like excitement, like holy fuck, this like actually happened. And I want to apologize to the young lady because I spilled probably a quarter of my beer all over her legs as I was reaching it over the counter <laughs> to bring it to like you know my like my torso so i could walk around with it with, by not spilling it so that was a great fail on my part but oh that I, toe that toe oh my gosh that, that, that colombian i mean it was funny too because they literally showed a stat what over the weekend or no before the game oh he was like yeah Boris scored four goals in uh 13 matches but it's like yeah but he scored three goals in the past five matches or sorry two goals in the past five matches and then this book became his third one so boys our man i mean took a while for him to warm up which is you know a custom we predict we we, we knew that was going to happen it didn't silva didn't you know blossom right at the top either but yeah. true but let the board deserved it but let that uh let that stand and salute just it, the stare he gave <laughs> oh like <laughs> There's a reason why a lot of Rangers fans and uh, have all said, and I quote, if we had Morales, uh, their own Colombian striker, then they 100% believe that that would have been an absolutely different type of team running. And uh, yeah, uh, that South American Latin magic happened to uh, come through for Eintracht in the day. And uh, yeah. He scored on the Frankfurt side too, which is even better. Oh yeah, that that yeah. that was just that was great. So timing. good, gosh, so. Clutch. I have a question for you guys. Mm. Um, after that Bore goal, I was certain we were going to win. Not just my enthusiasm as a fan, like my educated, semi-educated opinion <laughs> on this sport, because I've seen so much of it, and especially because I've seen how momentum affects our guys 
especially the good momentum. I was certain we were going to win that game. Didn't know <laughs> how, but I mean, at that point, you're doing the math. All right, there's 20 minutes left. Oh, now we got 30 more. So we played 50 more minutes after that. And even going into the end, I had no concerns at all. Or am I crazy? No, I, I knew. I no. never had a question. I never had a question from kickoff. Even when we de- went down one nothing, I was like, we're still winning. I agree with you. I agree with you. I did not feel. That's why everyone was like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Usually I would have that feeling. For me, it was just anxious and ready to go. It was a very strange feeling. In that moment, as great as the goal was, it was like, here we go. This is where we dominate the game from here on out. You see, when we got scored on, I definitely felt like we kicked it into, like, you know, from third gear to, like, fourth gear. Like, all right, yeah. here we go. Now, now I have to step it up. Wake up call Are you? We but then when that goal happened, You can see it on their face, too. Like, they, like their yeah. back stiffened up. They, they got their game face on, and you can see, like, the second they scored, they were like, okay, this this isn't going to happen. Like, we're, we're, like Kevin, 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 sheet we're not supposed to do this and that's why he took the dive that's why he took the dive he knew he didn't want anything crazy to happen tactician but when but when bore did um you know touch his toe on that ball and it went in in the famous words of hall of fame american football coach adam gates we turned into hyperdrive we were going like i knew like this is it like we are non-stop like Locking in arms, nothing's going to pass us. We're like the 300 Spartans. Like, nothing's going to stop us. 300 Spartans got massacred. <laughs> Besides the <laughs> end, obviously. Well, they, they did get past us once in the 117th minute. Oh, my gosh. They sure when did. Trap made the most, like, unbelievable save. Like, th- to make that save at that moment, like, was just unbelievable. <laughs> That oh. could be his statue. Just put the cherry on top of his season. What? Just put the cherry on top of what kind of a season he had. It's, he was MVP the whole year. One of the, through in and throughout. One of the guys at our watch party was from Florida, and he said, dang, your goalie's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, is he always this good? Like, yeah, this is just an average day for him. <laughs> but to do it on that stage, you know, it's, on, on everyone so watching, yeah. he's – the I keep saying it, the best goalkeeper in the world. And now <laughs> that argument carries Showed weight it. because he has silverware <laughs> in his pocket. And how did we get He's got silverware. He's got a great highlight reel. How did we get there? <sighs> it was via PKs. When we entered the penalty shootout, I actually thought to myself, I'm like, okay, I've seen this in Europe. Christ almighty. And then I remembered, oh, we're not on the road. This is a neutral venue. As much as there were a lot of blue shirts in that crowd, this is a neutral venue. And, uh, yeah, right in front of the Rangers fans, all that they are going to do is just – All they're going to do is just cock up the situation. And, uh, yeah, Kevin Trapp did go up against some great uh, – It has to be said that uh, up until uh, Ramsey uh, for Rangers went to take his spot kick – Everyone on both Eintracht side and Rangers side were just pumping them in. Uh, Tavernier, Davis, Arfield, Cana- uh, Canadian who got onto the pitch, and uh, Ian Rolf, uh, the Jamaican who got onto the pitch. Like, 
And then you had Lenz, Heuristic, Kamada, Kostic, Bore. This is something that actually I did here on a uh, other podcast. Uh, Scottish uh, was their main focus there. But they pointed out that almost all of the penalty kick takers for Rangers were all right-footed shooters. Eintracht, three, uh, three right, two left, and we alternated. So, Lenz. We had three left. We had three left. Oh, God. Must, must have been I, I, I want to start with the order because you st- you don't start with Lens. Like in a, in a situation like that, uh, that you know, sometimes ballsy. you'd start with Bore. That was so, so fake. ballsy. Yes, fake. No, <laughs> that was so when was, was the last time? Lens stepped up and just buried tactician. it. Yeah. When when was the last time it was a good idea to right. have your first two subs in a major yes. European <laughs> final intent to take penalties? <laughs> Look what happened right. with Rashford and Lingard in fucking England. Correct. Look what happened with, to that. And we come out with Lens and OG's fucking OG's just Rusage. like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> OG know? unzipped his pants and laid his dick on the table and said, look at me. Here I am, loud and proud. Look what I'm going to do. We would have roasted him if he got that wrong. True. Right, uh, right, and that's what how that's where the risky so right. moment came well, in. Like I, fifteen when, minutes when I and ten minutes of and, action, as opposed to the man who actually missed the only miss of the entire match, showed up two minutes before uh, the penalty shootout. Two minutes before, compared to fifteen minutes for Houston's and twenty minutes for Lintz. Those guys got warmed up. They had some action. They were involved with the play. And yet Ramsey comes absolutely cold off the bench. And uh, the only time I've ever seen something like that actually work was the uh, 2014 World Cup when the Dutch did that with switching out their keeper like the last possible moment. And that ended up winning them the PK shootout. But again, that was a goalkeeper, not an outfield player. Man. Can, it's, well, it's so much of a mindset. The PKs, huh. yes. Well, when when it yeah, started, it's, when it's the PKs started, like I started pulling out the stats and doing the math, and then I was just like, "Well, we have Kevin Trap, and they don't, so we're gonna win." Yeah, you <laughs> right. had a guy who was uh, between was, the sticks. That was Chris. Who, unless I'm very much mistaken, the goalkeeper for Rangers is actually older than everyone on this podcast. I wow. don't know about I'm that. ancient. I think he's like 40, 42, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm still older than that. Oh. Well, uh, <laughs> nope, he's 40. He's 40, but still, uh, you know what? Close, and, close Brian, enough. You made a, good, you made a good point, though, because um, with, uh, you know, Kev, we had Kevin Trapp. You know, I was not nervous going to Pembroke shootouts because we had the best keeper in the world. The man was just heating up by having that incredible save in the second half. That was pretty much – he was heating up because, like I said earlier, he didn't do much in the first half. You know, he was getting some, you know, long rips from, like, Kamara and Lundstrom, you know, from afar. And then, you know, he made that incredible save in the second half. You know, he was – he just heating up. And then, you know, that penalty save, that save just literally solidified of how great of a season Kevin Trapp had for us and how – we would literally not even – I don't even think we would have gotten out of the European, the Europa League group stages with him. I don't think we'd be, you know, like we said earlier in the previous podcast, fighting for relegation. 
if we didn't have Kevin trapped between the sticks. And um, also, we would have lost to Fenerbahce in match day one, and we would have uh-huh. lost to Olympiacos at least one time. And then you're in third place, not in first place in the group, and God only knows what would have happened. It also reminded me that this was revenge for Kevin Trapp. Um, (laughs) You know, because really, like, he he did the same thing where he carried us to penalties last time out against uh, Chelsea. And I just, I felt so good for him getting that save because our guys were nailing the the, the corners. And all we had to do was get the one save and we were going to be safe. Again, I was nervous, but I was confident in it. And it's because we know this team responds to very specific adversities by getting that back. Like Kevin Trapp's adversity in, uh, you know, the loss to Chelsea, he made up for it yesterday. And Bore's adversity throughout the entire season with uh, absolutely. You know, just not being able to score. And how many times uh, how did we say is it that he didn't, he's not that he, good enough for us? Right, and he exactly. comes out and says, you know, fuck you, F-Pod. I'm better than that. <laughs> it's such a, like, I think us getting Sam Lammers was his motivation factor. <laughs> 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 I'm not even kidding. Like, that's probably why we got him. Like, yeah. and he scored. That's why he scored against Wolfsburg for us. Like, or, yeah, then we had our scoring drought, and then he scored against Antwerp or, or Olympiacos or whoever. I mean, and then after that, you know, Bora was like, oh, shit. All right, I guess I'll put my cleats on now. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And yes, Bore Him. stepped up, walked home the uh, penalty that ended everything. And uh, boys, we uh. were champions. He scored the goal to equalize, and he scored the goal to take care of the penalty shootout. That tiny, tiny stadium was rocking, and it was to the sounds of the all white clad Eintracht fans celebrating. Uh, I yelled <sighs> so loud and then it dawned upon me. We just won the the Europa League. We just won <laughs> Europe. We're in the Champions League and we can have Liverpool or Real Madrid next. I'm just I like, just don't know what to be happy about. <sighs> It's like either you took do, it do all I like in. the Europa League I'm still title, taking do I like this big achievement? How did like, each of you guys react? Just like incredible <laughs> achievement. I just don't know which one to be happier about. So many of our chants, our our fan yeah. chants are built around the Europa League. <laughs> We're yeah, gonna have to right. come up with new tunes. <laughs> That's exciting. Europa Pokal, it's 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 all encompassing for European uh, matches. So I'd like to say that <sighs> it's crazy that our league is a league that only has yeah. eighteen teams, and eight are going to be in not Europe bad for season. a Bundesliga representation. That's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a not bad league. for a farmers league, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, <sighs> fantastic. Uh, that being all and said, I, I am I am the, far more excited of- about the the Europa title than getting into the Champions League. Like, yes. I, I don't remember. I think it was Eddie in the chat who was saying like um, last year if we would have gotten to the Champions League uh, like we should have, um, I I don't I wouldn't be as happy as I am now. And it's it's so magical it, what? <laughs> to win to win that championship means so much to so many people. 
And you saw it in the way that it the Rangers fans were just distraught afterwards because they yeah. knew what was on the line just the same as we did. And for them, they realized that this is a kind of moment that really doesn't come around all what's that even, uh, what's, even less often what's even for crazy just about Scottish the clubs Brian in general. In our chat earlier like, today, for sure, is I mean, that we've won two, we've won two titles in four years. We've had a completely different team besides one person uh, that's been involved in both of those titles, and that's Hasebe. That's it. And if that doesn't show, like, okay, like that, maybe we don't keep the same players. Like, that destroyed the mind. That happens with our starting lineup <laughs> and stuff like that. But if we are so fan motivated that, it, like, us, us as fans, like us being, um, you know, being Frankfurt fans and being this loud of a club just shows how far we can push a team to go up forward. Like, why the hell would you not join this team? You know, it just it just show it just kind of shows like, hey, we were built. The foundation starts with, you know, being a traditional True. league, be, you know, coming from the fans and stuff like that. And understanding it's, you know, it's a lot more than about, you know, cashing in that check. It's about, you know, bringing in that title to such a passionate sort of like cult, essentially. <laughs> and the entire country was behind us it, i saw a social media post from players from some of our biggest rivals um you know making posts and very publicly saying that they're behind us on this and it's really cool when you see that i mean it yeah it's you know it's just an instagram post or a tweet or something but those guys battle and they train in the off season a lot of them play together on national teams and those relationships are so tight. So to see I can't believe your Bundesliga so rivals official Twitter get behind you in a match like too. that I thought they really were still awesome. bitching about, congratulations, Frankfurt. Still trying to figure out how you guys got 50,000 people here. <laughs> I know. So uh, we'll come back but with it that makes lawsuit. Sense. Whatever. We own them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's because they had to hack their account. Had, we took yeah, it. Yeah, they had to turn the, the Twitter account <laughs> over so to all of their glasses. Like, he's the one, he's uh, the one that's so, tweeting that out from their account. <laughs> Once the <laughs> stadium's <laughs> rebuilt, it's going to be named uh, Camp Oliver Glasner, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness me. All right, that's going to wrap it up for segment one. But before we go into segment two, it is time for hashtag what are we drinking? I'm going around the table, and the last man is going to be the man in Detroit who always seems to have something great. So let's start in St. Louis with the brewmaster himself. Nathan, what do you got? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, celebrated last night with Chris uh, had a lot of beers including Oberon I forgot we had uh, whiskey too yeah we did <laughs> had some Irish whiskey. <laughs> Jesus. oh it tasted so good so good well thanks for spoiling my drink guys <laughs> well uh, so I I'm kind of trying to take it easy but I have like a little uh, little uh, little Riesling in my new Evelvoy glass because mm-hmm. uh I wanted something to remind me of last night. I, I, they didn't have any Evelvoy on tap at this beer garden uh, house. Um, they had a, an Austrian um, apple wine, and um, <laughs> I, I open it up, and uh, and Chris is sitting next to me, and I drink it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the apple look wine. on it's your so face. <laughs> it's so gross. You're, and, you're uh, like, oh shit, I paid like ten dollars <laughs> for this. I have to finish it, <laughs> and. So I, I I think that was a, right after we scored, 
Um, and so I drank, I drank the whole bottle, you know, and the bartender came up to me and he's like, Hey, do you want another one of those? And I said, after we win. <laughs> and so we, we win, we all are hugging each other, high fiving. that calms down just a little bit. And I slam my fucking hand on the bar and say, I'll take that out. Oh <laughs> and I fucking loved it. It was so good. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm, uh, that's, I'm, I'm trying to emulate that without alcohol tonight. So I don't have any apple juice, so I'm drinking <laughs> a Riesling in a Ebelvoy glass. There you go. There you go. Brian, what do you got? I am, uh, I am drinking an East Austin cider, uh, hard apple cider, to because uh, that's the closest I can get to apple wine here in Houston. So I've been drinking these for a couple of days now. There you go. Matt, yeah. what do you got? Well, I'm on a 48 hour bender almost now. Matt, what do you got? Can no one hear me? I was oh, just yeah, going to say, oh my God. Well, I'm drinking some David Nicholas Reserve right now whiskey just because I've had too much beer for the past 48 hours. I need to relax. I had to go to my sister's graduation. Shout out to Kane University 2022. Um, but yeah, finishing it off with the whiskey before I go on a cleanse, a very long cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you got? <laughs> you said you teed it up and I am not going to hit it out of the park, unfortunately. But I will talk about yesterday's drink for a minute. Um, I was on Polliner. Because Polliner, I lived in the Bavarian region, and Polliner was always my favorite of the original Munich breweries. Um, and when I saw that, I had to go for it. Um, I am also in recovery because going out with Nathan is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a great time. Um, the first night, we went to Church Key, another staple in D.C., an absolute amazing oh, beer great. menu. Um, imported stuff, local stuff. The the beer and whiskey menu is like six pages. The way you started that sentence but, before you were like, "I was on Palmer," and then you followed up with saying, "Like, well, not in recovery." <laughs> <laughs> Just sound like you're on a drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So tonight, um, so my plan was to buy some Possman and have it in the fridge for this particular recording and I didn't want to jinx it because if I went out and bought it and then we lost, it would have to sit in the fridge or it'd have to be thrown away. I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I didn't even buy it. Um, instead I'm drinking the seltzer out of the back of my fridge. Uh, <laughs> Topo Chico, uh, prickly pear. I owe Nathan a little can action there. There you yeah. go. But yeah, it's nothing special. So thanks for setting that up at the beginning. Yeah, I've had a mixture of, uh, since it's my turn, uh, I've had a mixture of stuff to recover from. So uh, my recovery uh, elixir is Michigan's finest, Ferners. Chris, you you stand by this thing just being the thing that just keeps you going when you... We are just run racket, and I'm pretty Nathan. sure if you guys had located a grocery store nearby that had it, I'm pretty sure you guys would have pounded a case each. 
let me just tell you, Brian, if you want to plus it up a little bit, uh, add some whiskey to it. It mm. takes it to a whole different level of helping you recover. Gym? Yes. A hundred mm. times better. Mm. Interesting. I have to remember that for next time. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the Koenig Icebox from Casey Beer Co. Uh, it's about a close to 11% uh, alcohol by volume. Um, I lost track of how many I had at the beer hall <laughs> during the match. Um, there were, it's easy to do. Uh, I started quaffing that down. And and I, one the best thing about it was when I got to my tab, it only said fourteen dollars. So people who I didn't even know, and there were some random people who started talking to me, asking me about like everything that was going on, who were just kind of looking at how much passion that I had for the Eintracht. I only had a fourteen dollar beer tab, and I will openly say I had not drank that much since. Uh, the 2018 Cup Final, or I would actually have to say, going further back, I haven't drank that much since uh, the 2014 uh, World I Cup Final. I have to go fucking close my tab. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, some way, I just had the tiniest of tiny tabs. And a uh, salute to whoever uh, kept the drinks flowing for me and that I didn't have to pay, so... That's that's what I'm drinking. And that wraps up segment one of Hey Andre Frankfurt. We'll have a little break. And then segment two where we kind of look at what's next for Eintracht. So stay with. In dieser Sekunde. Achtung, Absicherung. Trap. Hält das Ding fest. Nachschuss. Achtung, drüber. Oh Gott. Oh Gott. Oh mein Gott. Kevin Trapp hält das Ding hier offen. Rafa Boré. Es gibt noch zwei Worte dafür. Mach es. Ein Elfmeter für den Fußballhimmel. 42 Jahre haben wir gewartet auf diesen Moment. Rafa Boré, jetzt kommt der Anlauf. Rafa Boré, drückt! Ja! 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 Europa League! Europa League! Europa League Sieger! Eintracht Frankfurt! back with Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Nathan putting in the little plug in between the segments is always on point. And uh, yeah, this is a much shorter segment than normal for our segment two because uh, the Frauen have finished their season. Uh, they qualified the, for the Champions League. Amazing. The Eintracht have qualified awesome. for the Champions League. Also amazing. Two teams. Two teams in the Champions League. Two teams. <laughs> Only Bayern. <laughs> 
uh, can claim that in Germany. And I think, uh, now don't quote me on this, I think as of right now, that would make only four teams, nope, five teams off the top of my head in Europe that have both their, damn it, six teams in Europe who have their men <laughs> and women's teams in the Champions League. That's two from Germany, ourselves in Munich. Uh, in France, PSG. In Spain, Barcelona, who, uh, if anyone doesn't follow the women's game, they had an unblemished season. No draws, no losses. And a tw- Plus 148 what? goal difference. Yeah. Uh, Video game uh, type of shit. Ridiculous. And then, uh, uh, God, the two teams in freaking England that I'm forgetting. Uh, I think it was like Man Chelsea. City and Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Got there in the end, didn't I? Uh, we're in an elite company now, boys. Um, we're what? What do we get because we won the Europa League? Well, we get to go to Helsinki. Who's up for a trip there in the summer? I love Helsinki. Great, great city. Uh, get ready to pay like twenty euro for nah, a beer. There's what? The catch. Yeah, no, seriously. Are you like, yes, isn't it? Yes, I swear. A beer on tap there. I'm pretty sure it was like eighteen, and I gave two to the bartender, but. Yeah, it's like twenty bucks for a beer. It'll be cheaper. It'll be cheaper than uh, since they're joining NATO now. That'd be nice. Oh, uh, let's not get into the chill. Is that the benefit of joining NATO? The beer gets cheaper. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we could face Real Madrid or Liverpool in the Champions League uh, because in the, <laughs> cause we're going to be playing in Helsinki for the day, uh, for the UEFA Super Cup. Uh, I honestly cannot remember if we won the Super Cup uh, last time. Um, no, oh no, uh, that didn't happen because uh, at the time the Cup Winners Cup was allowed to play in the Super Cup, and the winners of the UEFA Cup were not allowed to uh, pl- uh, play the winners of the uh, uh, European Cup, which is now the Champions League. So, yeah. Uh, when we won the UEFA Cup against Borussia Mönchengladbach, we didn't even get to go to the Super Cup. So, that's a new first. Oh, yeah, a Who do we want? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Cup Winners' Cup, uh, That I think it went defunct in like huh. 2000. So, I mean... Kind of says so right there. Uh, let's go around the yeah. table. Who wants whom? Uh, I will uh, start off by saying uh, I want uh, Real Madrid because it's to be able to face Real Madrid, the team who <laughs> defeated us in the you know in the final way back when. That's what that's who I want. Uh, Nathan, who do you want? Liverpool or Real Madrid? The uh, romantic side of me wants to to get uh, Liverpool in there for uh, for Klopp just to to experience us firsthand. I, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, but the the reality is, I I want us to own all of Spain. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a that's a fabulous way to look at it. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Um. I like Mo Salah. He's probably my favorite player in England to watch. I I really don't like Liverpool at all, but I love the way he plays the game and his energy. Um, but I also don't want to see him play against us. Uh, Real Madrid is arguably the most winning international team in Europe, and to play them again in a revenge match because I love them. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. It's still a revenge match. So give me Real Madrid. Boom. Brian. 
Uh, yeah, Nathan kind of stole my answer. I want to play Real Madrid because we own <laughs> Spanish teams. Like Spanish <laughs> teams can't beat us. So exactly. So give me them all day long. All right, and last but certainly not least, go on ahead. Yo. I'm just on both sides of it because I want to obviously I want to play Liverpool because you know you want to beat the best of the best. But the, the realistic side would be if they says like if we do play Liverpool. We could lose like six nothing, maybe seven nothing, just because they're that solid. Real Madrid on the other hand, that's what people said about Barcelona, though. Liverpool's a different animal. Mm. Liverpool is a way <laughs> different animal than Barcelona. I, I, I would honestly, I could see Liverpool beating Barcelona six seven nothing as well. Sorry, ten nothing since we beat them three nothing. So add three goals to that. Um, but no, I think Real Madrid just because you guys said it perfectly. I think on the revenge side of things. Uh, owning the La Liga, you know, kind of shutting the cap on like, you know, what's a better league between the Bundesliga and La Liga. And um, I think it'd be cool just to play against like Benzema, play against Cruz as well, because, you know, Cruz is kind of heading on the tail out of his career too. Yeah. So why not show him, you know, what we're all about? Maybe he wants to finish his career with Frankfurt for, you know, a season or two. Obviously, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's just the German wishful thinking side of me. Things. He would – He imagine how much money he'd require for us to kind of bring him in. Uh, Will Luka Jovic still be there? Oh. Uh, I don't think so. Like, honestly, there's yeah. way too much. I, kn- I know what one of my friends is talking about, and uh, – uh, they want to replace Lewandowski with Jovic. I think he's nuts, but you know, so yeah, they, they want a bigger Jovic. What is that? They want a bigger name. Replace him. They never even fucking used him. Yeah, no. Yeah, does that that mean, doesn't make sense. Does that mean Lewandowski's going to play like seven minutes next year? Like he's just going to sit on the bench <laughs> the whole year and never <laughs> play? Still score a hat trick. So yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Yeah, well, it wouldn't be great if Lewandowski is finally gone. <sighs> Wishful thinking, I know, I know, but anywho, uh, yeah, so we qualify for the Champions League. We're going into pot one, the other teams oh, that are wow. in pot one. So, That's like, awesome. We're in a really good spot. Like, <laughs> like wow. This is the teams that are currently in pot one. Bayern, well, I mean, we weren't going to face uh, Bayern or Dortmund or Leipzig or freaking uh, what's, what's their faces? Uh, uh, Leverkusen in the Champions League because you can't face a team from your country in the group phase. Uh, so, I mentioned Real Madrid, Munich, PSG, and Porto are in pot one, still yet to be determined. And this is entirely based on. Uh, you say Real Madrid? Like if Liverpool wins. Uh, yeah, Real Madrid is in there. Um, Liverpool, Manchester City, Ajax, Inter Milan, and AC Milan all could finish in pot one, but that's like based on uh, literally the final match day in England and the uh, uh, the final match day in the Serie A, uh, Liverpool, Manchester City, and the running for those titles, and the Milan clubs and the running for theirs, and Ajax is hoping that uh, one of the that one of the Milan clubs just scurs up so that they can take a spot in pot one, and uh, yeah, the other teams that we could face. So pot two uh, that will be Chelsea, Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico Madrid because you know we need to play uh, more Spanish you know, teams. another uh, Spanish teams. Sevilla we might as well be both sides of Seville. Uh, technically, whoever finishes in fourth in England, which is either going to be Arsenal of London, who we all faced 
rather recently, and Tottenham Hotspur, who we have yet to face, but you know, will thoroughly enjoy spanking raw. None of those scare me. No anymore. one scares me anymore. Mm. None of those names. No, except uh, for Liverpool. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to face Atletico Madrid, and that's only because I think we'd be so bruised from the match itself because they played dirty, like really, really dirty. No one plays that rough and tumble anymore in like they're, the entire world of soccer, except wall. for those guys. Well, they don't. They're not going to have Suarez to take a bite <laughs> out of you anymore. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, his contract's winding down. Were the we're the diva. I don't. I'm. I'm also not scared by these people, but I am terrified of the Firths of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it, that, that's kind of a point that that Brian and I were talking about before we started the recording. Um, this entirely validates the whole the whole Londish diva thing. We won the Europa Cup, finishing. Lower half of the table, I think. Who was Not it? Uh, I love it. Matt in the seventy-five, seventy-six uh, European Cup when they won the cup, so they were able to stay in the European Cup as the holders. Uh, they finished in tenth that season. I I will give a shout out to Garrett here in Detroit who predicted this back in like November. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he literally said. We're going to finish lower half of the table and go win Europe. It, he's, I think he said it tongue-in-cheek, but <laughs> I owe him a, a soft drink he's of right. his choice because that is ridiculous. That is absolutely oh. ridiculous. And the thing is, we're now – we're, we're finally at the big t- – we're finally at the European big kid table. And you guys have – from pot one and pot two, you guys have said, not really all too worried. And once you get to pot three – you're looking at clubs that we can beat right now. So uh, for the non-German clubs, because uh, Dortmund and Leverkusen are in pot three, you got Salzburg, beatable. And shoot, we're get, we're picking up a, a player in the offseason from Salzburg, so he'll be a great scout for that. <laughs> uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, you know what? If we do get them in the group, I do not. I will have no qualms if we just kind of roll over for them, but that's because we stand with Ukraine and whatever positive vibes we can send their way, considering everything that's going on in the world, let's send it their way. Uh, I'd love to face Napoli. That'd be a fun one. We could take like 10, 15,000 fans to their stadium and fill it. Sporting Portugal from uh, uh, Lisbon is in there. Then you got Club Brugge, uh, the uh, Belgian champions. We're still waiting to see who finishes in second place in France. So that's either going to be Monaco. Shame they don't have coverage there still. Or Marseille. be lovely to play Marseille in a full uh, freaking stadium down there because that's a Close to yeah, seven thousand seater that. that was absolutely dead empty for when we played them. Quick note on Kovac, and, uh, you the new Wolfsburg uh, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's gonna happen. And uh, yeah, we could also face the other Glaswegian club, the Catholics, Celtic. Everything else is still yet to be determined because you know the big leagues carve out the most amount of spots, and then there are six spots still remaining for qualifiers to find out who's going to be joining us. But we can just kick back, relax, just wait for it to come. 
all we have to do is just deal with that first day of April cow match and then uh, get on to the Super Cup and uh, we'll kick on from there. And in addition to the fact that we've got multiple players coming in, including one uh, from uh, uh, Ali Do coming from Ha Esval. Fingers crossed that in a couple days' time, because uh, the first leg was played earlier today, Ha Esval had a 1 0 victory. Here's hoping that go Hertha Hamburg. goes down. I'd love it if they go sink down. Sink that ship. Yeah, kind of sink that ship. As for the third division, uh, since this is we're mentioning the lower leagues in Germany, I really don't care. <laughs> Kaiserslautern, Dresden, kind of cares in the Liga, just so long as. Uh, we get to pl- uh, we get to play Kaiserslautern and the Pokal because that would be a classic matchup of yesteryear. I don't want to be matched up with anyone from East Germany ever again, as long as we can. Because Magdeburg and fans getting attacked, yikes! Yeah, but on that Stuff. note, guys, we've put all of our eggs into the first half basket. We came out. Looking amazing. The trophy looks amazing. The fans were amazing uh, as we celebrated in the city. What are your last your parting thought? If it can be quick before we turn out the lights on this episode, uh, Matt, your parting thoughts on uh, uh, this win, the celebrations, and everything. Emotionally disastrous in the most euphoric way possible. I mean, it's <laughs> it's 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 i'm just flabbergasted i mean i, I can't put it into words when boris scored i had multiple people just texting me being like i heard you screaming from here and like my friends are like seven hours away <laughs> so that's a pretty far way out and <laughs> unbelievable season i mean we put all our baskets in the europa league and we rewarded ourselves with that like we we showed the world what kind of fan that we are we showed the world what kind of traditional club can provide like in terms of like you know joy beautiful soccer you know it's not all about the big bucks you know it's all about you know who you play for how you guys play together and whatnot and you know this team proved it to be um exciting things are coming now i mean champions league well we made it we're here we're a year late but we're here Ah uh, yes nathan the man who Oof. loves to be as anti-capitalist uh, as possible at times. <laughs> I, d- I did buy a lot of uh, Eintracht here two weeks ago. So. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I second that. I'm just at this point like emotionally numb. I need some time to breathe and take this all in and enjoy it. I need to, I was out for the parade, so I need to sit down and watch it all five hours and soak that in. I need to rewatch the game. Um, But um, I got like a few people in places that I don't think uh, we mentioned. Roman, uh, we love you, buddy. And we can't wait to hear all of what you experience and how you're feeling about this. Um, uh, everybody in the discord chat that kept, uh, kept all of us connected in the stadium in, in more ways than just the direct channels. Thank you very much. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's just a pleasure to, to talk to you all. Um, there's a lot of stories from this game that we haven't got, got in this episode either. And I, I don't want this to be the final place. Obviously it won't, but like, I, I think we're going to continue to talk about this game, like the TIFO, um, the fan presence in the city, the fans in the stadium during and what they experienced 
all those things I think are super important to etch in the, in the memory that fucking TIFO. I'm going to get a, I, I, I think I'm, I'm a, I'll say I'm a hundred percent sure I'm going to get that TIFO as a tattoo nice. somehow. Uh, <laughs> That's a very good thing to, to happen. Do. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do it. hundred <laughs> percent. Brian, uh, your, and, your parting thoughts on, uh, everything that was the win the celebration which today good god that youtube video was uh which was a live feed of everything golly it looked like it was going to go on forever uh and uh but then again when you had the guys having to stop for more beer and guys having to take a piss and then the streets are too crowded with people way more than the day people cow was where's your takeaway yeah it was kind of surreal for me especially watching them like watching the videos today of them uh, driving right past the airport because I used to drive right there, you know, every time I went from Wiesbaden to Budingen and, uh, you know, just watching the live feed of them celebrate. Like, I just wanted to be there so bad. Oh, um, so my, much. But my, my takeaway from this isn't, you know, to me, this isn't like an ending. Like, this is a beginning. You know, like like Hell right yeah. now we're in the we're we're not crossing the finish line. We're like just lining up to the starting blocks because, you know, who who knows where that takes us from here? You know, at some point in my lifetime, that you know, Frankfurt's gonna gonna hoist a Meisterschale. Like they're they're going to do it at some point. Yeah, and this is just the springboard for all of that happening. Like I have no doubt at some point. They're going to win the Bundesliga title. At some point, they're going to win a Champions League. I don't know when that is, but it's going to happen. And so, and this is going to be the thing that that kicked it all off. I was emotionally numb until I just got goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chris. Well, it still hasn't sunk in entirely for me. I need to rewatch it seven or eight times this week to really let it feel real. But I sounds a like a good episode real- of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had a good friend who's a follower of one of the mega clubs um, in England, and he was like, "Man, you're making such a big thing about this. It's you know one game, and it's not even the Champions League. Why are you guys getting so big over this?" And I explained to him that that right there, that attitude is why this was so big for us. Because when it's 50 plus one, when it's on track Frankfurt, when it's the history of collapses and generations without trophies, um, to have the acknowledgement and the validation from his statement that we are making this so big reminds me how big it is and it should be because we are so connected to this club. Uh, whether you've been a fan for two years or or for 50 years, you all felt yesterday and today and for the next nine weeks until we play again, you will have that same feeling of knowing where you were, how you felt, who you hugged, and the fact that we had to wait so long for that European moment made it entirely worth it. We had only it, one player opinion. that was worth eight zeros. Everyone else was below 10 million, and that's, and that's – other big teams pay barely 10 million for a good player. You know, they paid like triple that. That's what, that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, this, uh, 
this kind of epitomizes the why we follow a club that you know is going to treat you like uh, this this is what happens when you cheer for a team that is not one of the big names where hey if you don't win something you're a failure you know what all these seasons that i've been a fan i've always known it's like hey i not getting relegated is kind of what I started off my fandom uh, with experiencing. It's like, so long as you don't get relegated, that's all right. Yeah. It's good. Maybe have a decent yeah. run in the Pokal, have a little fun. Relegation was horrible. Coming back and then getting into Europe on our own without having to do it via a Pokal appearance, which, you know, you win four or five matches, suddenly you're in the final of the Pokal, especially if you get a lucky draw. Then you don't have to worry about uh, anything until the final. And uh, you know what? Here's to Freiburg uh, beating Leipzig in said final uh, yeah. at the weekend. Because we don't want – it's like the fizzy drink guys have got enough going on for themselves. So let's oh. just hope that uh, – Go Freiburg. Let's hope the real 50 plus one clubs uh, make it through. But that's it. That's it for this episode of Hey, I'm Frankfurt. I'd like to thank everyone for joining this podcast on this time. <sighs> Boys, uh, let's go around the horn. Uh, starting off with Matt, where can we find you on social you can find media? Me on Twitter at wag m a underscore, and on the Instagram at Wagner m a underscore. Chris, where can we find you on social media, and what can you tell us about hefpod.com? Yeah, real quick announcement: we did a little soft launch of a website in the last couple months, trying to figure out how it all works. Um, there's a lot of content we're working on right now, and the goal is June 1st. So watch all the watch all the socials for the show, and you know just when you go home on yeah, your phone, your, your laptop, whatever you choose to use, oh. um, go to hefpod.com, h-e-f-p-o-d.com, and make it make it you know your launch page, so that every time you log in, you get to remember the greatest club in Europe, the greatest club in Europe, the great, greatest club in Europe. And that's just an objective opinion. Europa's so. best of Mannschaft. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm also on all the socials. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to the Peloton, CFL. Instagram, Discord, Twitter, at C in the D313. During your purge, you're going to be on that Peloton quite a lot, I imagine. Quite a lot, I imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I rented a hotel in D.C. because it had a Peloton in there. And then I did 20,000 steps, and I was like, I'm not riding today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a lot of steps. Uh, Nathan, where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me on um, Discord around. mostly, where I talk too much uh, to other Frankfurt fans, and on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. But I just want to say a, th- a thanks. I don't think we either of us mentioned it, Chris. Uh, a thanks to Matt and e- EFC DC. Yeah. Um, for hosting us, they were fantastic hosts, and um, uh, I I will definitely be back to to see a game there with them. And they're active um, on also, Facebook, so go go yeah. add their Facebook channel. And also, thank you, Brian. Hmm? Me? <laughs> yeah, for this. <laughs> I love talking to you guys. I love You're fucking talking to you guys. We just won the fucking European Pokal. Oh, <laughs> you Brian, where can I find you? Um, social media you can find me on twitter at brian gilchrist 
And uh, you can also find me on my blog, which is on the wings of dareadler.com. And the question is, can we yeah. afford you for hepod.com? <laughs> well, I'm free, so <laughs> if we can't afford free, we got big problems. Very that true. works in our budget. I like it. <laughs> All right. Ways you can get in contact with the show, that is at H-E-F-Pod on Twitter. Hey, I'm Frankfurt on the gram, facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. And, of course, drop us an email whenever you like. Hey, I'm Frankfurt at gmail.com. So from us here at the podcast, uh, thanks for listening. It's been a wonderful episode to recap Eintracht's European triumph. Boys, let's... Let's win the. Let's win that other European trophy. Let's win two of them next uh, season. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Let's get <laughs> that quadruple. Uh, that will be so so beautiful because Ian Byron <laughs> hasn't been able to do it. So from all of us here at Hey Andrew Frankfurt, thanks for having to listen to episode two hundred and twenty-five. We'll be back again to talk about all things Eintracht Frankfurt in the near term future. So until next time, choose. <laughs> Für den Jürgen! Eintracht Frankfurt ist Europacup-Sieger 2022! Eintracht Frankfurt,